You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, uh, we're going to release the episode uh, interview that I did, the first um, interview I did after Dad passed. Um, it was it was really cool because it was a really personal interview. Um and it it was it was kind of surreal because it was just kind of getting back to normal life, but at the same time going to some deep spots. Um, and it was back in a touring van, and just back to the roots. So this week's guest is Mr. Vinny Caruana uh, from I Am the Avalanche, the Movie Life. Um, he's got a solo career now. Uh, he just released a new record called Aging Frontman that's really fucking good. And uh, I, uh, if you guys haven't heard it yet, you got to go check it out. But Vinny's an awesome dude we had never met before, so this was really cool. We just met up at the Hawthorne Theater in Portland, hopped in the van, and knocked one out. And like I say, we went to some dark spots. There was some, you know, kind of somber areas of the interview. Um, we talked about a lot of different things. So as you guys will hear in the the interview, uh, went all over the place, and and yeah, it was really good. And uh, Vinny's a great dude, like I said, and uh, just a fantastic musician. And he's been around for a long time. You know, I've been aware of him for a long time since the movie life. And I'm surprised we've never met, but it's nice now. And, and uh, I mean, I, I wish him all the, the best luck in the world. And uh, Vinny, if you're listening, hope you get back to Cannon Beach, brother. It was uh, awesome to hear all your stories. So um, let's get some business out of the way, guys, and then we'll jump right in. Uh, we've got Stumptown Mattress back on board for another few episodes of sponsorship. And, uh, you know, I know I say it whenever I talk about these guys, but it's the real deal. Uh, it's a super comfortable mattress. I mean, I've been sleeping on mine for over a year now, and it's completely changed 
uh, sleep for me. And uh, just like I said last week, uh, my son got one as well, and he's always talking about his new bed. Um, it's just like sleeping on a cloud. And you guys need to check them out. They're sustainable, made in the Northwest. They'll deliver anywhere in the country. StumptownMattress.com is the website. Uh, go get yourself some comfort. And I'm dead serious with that, guys. I mean, I don't advertise things on this show that I don't believe in or haven't tried and or that don't do things for the show as far as, you know, we, a lot of uh, sponsors make merch and things like that. Uh, but this is one of those products I've actually tried and used. And I told Michael when he first sponsored the show that I wanted to try it first before I advertised for it. And, uh, you know, it changed things big time. So check out stumptownmattress.com. Uh, we've got artistflags.com on board as well, making new flags for the show. Uh, we still have some flags left. Uh, DM me on Instagram if you want to get at some of those, the 3 by 3 flags of the uh, Pleasure Skull logo and then the Wizard logo as well. Um, you can see those on the Instagram and uh, we've got Sticker Ninja as well. StickerNinja.com is the website. I talk about Sticker Ninja all the time. They've made every sticker we've had for the show, and it's just a fantastic company. And uh, Elena and Justin over there are some great people. And if you're in Portland and you drive by their new location on 11th and Morrison, you'll see a 12 by 12 giant pleasure skull uh, up on a giant lamppost above the store uh, that they got up there and put up. It's pretty rad to see it you know, flying high over Portland. So... Big thanks to those guys. And Merge 4 Socks as well. They've been keeping myself and my family in new socks. And, I mean, they're absolutely comfortable. I really like, I know they do a lot of fun designs and things like that, but I really like the Heather style, um, just like the plain socks. They're ridiculously comfortable and warm in the cold weather. I've worn them to work in my work boots. Um, just a good all-around sock. And and But like I say, they have all sorts of amazing designs but i really like the the plain heather style socks um so check out merge four as well big thanks to them they've been supporting the show for a long time and uh i just love having these people on board um just a family atmosphere so big thanks to them all right guys so i'm not going to ramble on much more here i really want to get to this interview uh and conversation with Vinny for you guys um but like i said check out aging frontman his new record um and without further ado Let's get into my conversation with Vinny Caruana from the movie Life, I Am the Avalanche, and now with his new record, Aging Frontman. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now.
What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze and you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid, and I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. 
Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So, so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast, my friend. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. Yeah. I've seen you. Uh, we can turn this light off if you want. Okay. Kind of, oh, there, oh, that's that's nice. <laughs> so we are in the touring van at the Hawthorne Theater in Portland, Oregon, and uh, it's cool to meet you because I've seen you on stage a lot of times, but I've never actually met you. We've never run in at festivals or anything like that. That. The early 2000s when we were really starting to go to shows down here in Portland, like the Crystal Ballroom and stuff, um, I'm trying to remember the tour. The last time I saw you, last time I saw you was with Movie Life. Okay. And I think it was with Midtown and Thrice or Hot Rod Circuit. And Face to Face. Yeah. Face to Face headlining tour with uh, Midtown and Movie Life and Thrice supporting. Yeah. That was was rad. So we saw like, we were getting all these, this was back... The internet was still in its infancy, so we were still, you know, getting samplers and stuff like that and checking out, like, the, uh, the the victory samplers and the drive-through samplers and all that stuff and be like, oh, and we were still getting used to, holy shit, that band's coming to town. 
our right. town. Yeah. Wait, what? Because <laughs> from yeah. Alaska, we never see anything, but, right. you know. Um, but, yeah, it's cool to meet you, man. I, I'm, I'm stoked to do this, and I'm glad we get to do this in person because, uh, I mean, phone interviews are fine, but it kind of worked out that you're coming to town. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. and I don't enjoy them as much when it's a phone interview. Yeah. Um, the quality can be a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And I listen to, and you know, I live in Brooklyn and I'm always on the trains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if the quality's messy, I can't hear it. Sure. You know, sure. I can't like, I don't wear like noise canceling headphones. I just, you know, I just wear like the, what you know. <laughs> Whatever comes with your iPhone. Yeah. The earbuds. So like, that's always a problem. I always, I'm always bummed because I'm like, oh, cool. I know what I'm listening to in my mm-hmm. travels right now. Um, I was just having this discussion with Mike Herrera. He's like... Hey man, you should do my podcast, and I'm like, yeah. took you long enough, dude. I want, I, I wanted to, I listened to his podcast, um, and he's like, you know, just what's a good time to call? And I'm like, no, let's do it in person. We haven't hung out in a few years, man. Yeah. Like, let's do it in person. So he's like, oh, where are you gonna be? And he's, you know, he's he uh, splits his time in between Bremerton and um, Waco and Waco. So. I'm driving to from Dallas to Austin, so I'm like, I'm gonna be passing by you. We should do it like that. It'll be better for yeah. for so many reasons. Yeah. Did you guys do it? It's no. I'm gonna do it like in. Oh, a few this weeks. is this is coming yeah. in a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Herrera's a good buddy. He 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 was the first podcast I actually listened to. Went I didn't know what podcasts were. Yeah. And I heard I saw like Chris Rowe from the Ataris was on this episode of my career. I was like, that's weird. And I listened to it, and I was like, "Man, I could do this." <laughs> yeah, like, this is rad. I've I want to I I mean everybody who doesn't want a podcast who doesn't want to like talk with interesting people and friends and stuff yeah. you know like but like I gotta get it together, man. I gotta get it together. You I want to do, do a podcast. Yeah, I want to. I want to. You know, um, but no, yeah, Mike's he got he he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, it, that's cool. We did a swap one time. We did an interview. He interviewed me. I interviewed him, and we put it out at the same time on both our shows. Oh, cool! We were on the same network before he left Jabberjaw, and uh, yeah, I I'd never met him before either. I mm-hmm. met him through podcasting, and and he's he, lovely. He's great. Yeah, he's great. He's got that voice, that really good voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's got a great voice for radio, but then he can sing on top of that. But he's his his lower register is really what gets you. So do you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like a little boy talking to you right now. My voice is just this kind of—it's—it sits in a different plane. Yeah, but it's relaxing. Oh, it's good. Nice. It's All peaceful. Right, good. I got it in headphones. I usually—I yeah. don't—I don't do the double headphone thing because I just want to hear the levels. But right, I feel a little bit uh, weird sometimes. I'm the only one wearing headphones, but no, it's, it's cool. Keeps the power over here, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a dynamic. <laughs> well, what would you if you were going to do a podcast? What would you do a podcast on? If you are you going to do like catching up with friends because you're touring a lot so you see a lot of friends probably a lot of the time that come out and say hey when i stopped touring that's when i started this because i was like man i need to keep in touch with people right but i think uh i mean i haven't fully realized what i want to do but Mm. i i think it doesn't necessarily have to be um you know sure music people because that's my life but um doesn't always have to be that it can be anything i can interview my dad and Mm -hmm. and get get a story yeah basically anybody who's has an interesting story yeah um i think that's like a good start you know it doesn't need to be anybody that anyone knows or anyone that's you know promoting a record or 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 anything like that it could just be 
like for example, I have a friend who, um, I have two friends who, they're two of my best friends growing up, and they married each other, and they asked me to marry them because of the connection that we have. And his name is Casey, mm-hmm. and he's had an insane life. Um, basically, he's he just can't help but hurt himself. Really, he has like a crazy list of insane injuries that like he's accident prone. He's so accident prone, <laughs> but he's fearless too. So that's part of it, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, like that's why I haven't been hurt as many times as him because I maybe I'm not as adventurous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a little <laughs> bit more cautious. But um, even just going through his injuries with him mm-hmm. would be a sick podcast. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And think just things like that. Like I could interview my 98 year old grandmother and just be like, "Tell me about you know your." your favorite dance when you were going to the sock hops and stuff yeah. like why what, what happened what, yeah. what's up tell me about when you met my grandfather like what you know what I mean like yeah. I feel like that kind of stuff is um, yeah like I, I the, the podcast that I get into and pe- when people are being interviewed in the in certain podcasts like I don't generally need to know anything about that person to enjoy it yeah that's awesome that's the way I approach the same thing I stopped doing the three pages of notes prepping mm-hmm. at, like writing down questions or anything like that because I never used them right like I one time I had to use them and I cut that interview off for like 20 minutes I was like well we gotta get out of here right out of 113 episodes now it's been just and the last 50 or so I literally don't I don't do any of the notes like I'm familiar with the person usually somewhat sometimes not at all and those ones have been kind of an adventure because it's literally you just go, you know, and that's the fun of it. But what I like about what you're talking about here is is you already have a good grasp on podcasting and understand that it doesn't matter who you have on as long as the stories are good. Yeah. You know, it's not like, ooh, I'm going to go out and reach out to every publicist and get the biggest people I can. Yeah, because no, it that's doesn't not work. what I'm interested it in. It doesn't yeah. work. And it doesn't, it's, it's, that's awesome that you already have that because it took a while to re- realize that like right oh i can have you know, i've talked about it before i had um andrew from uh fallout boy on the show mm-hmm. posted on their facebook nine million followers right it got eighty six thousand views Holy before shit. it even yeah. came out the yeah. preview and johnny from the blood brothers did better that episode right. did better right With no no prep no press nothing right so it really doesn't matter but that's that's excellent i mean and but you also have a built-in fan base so you're lucky there that you to get a lot of people that would listen. Yeah, maybe say, Wait, some Vinny people would listen. Yeah, he's interviewing his grandmother. I'm gonna check this out instead yeah. of, hey, there's just this guy interviewing his grandmother. You know, like um, right. What podcast do you listen to? Let's see. Lately, I've been into um, Omnibus. Okay. Um, I'm a big Long Winters fan. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that um, yeah. podcast? Yeah. I'm a big Long Winters fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard that he had a podcast. I had no idea it was with Ken Jennings. Mm-hmm. Um, I learn a lot from that podcast. They're yeah. very well-spoken gentlemen, and uh, they seem to do a lot of research on mm-hmm. e- on each of the subjects they cover. Um, I listen to a lot of sports podcasts, okay. ju- uh, just soccer stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, so I listen to... Uh, I'm a... I'm a really big uh, supporter of Liverpool Football Club. Okay. Um, 
And so I dig into a lot of local podcasts, like from Liverpool, covering okay. matches and transfer sagas and stuff like that. Interesting. How do you get into so- soccer? Like how? Like so, you're a fan of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You don't live there, of course. It's not like the local team or anything like that. How do you pick when it's the biggest sport in the world? Right. How do you pick your team or your club? I it, per, forgive me if I don't use the right terminology with soccer. No, I, no, or football, that's, soccer. I don't understand it. But team, <laughs> I, club, it all works. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I grew up playing. I still play now. Okay. Um, I play. Well, I haven't played in like nine months because my body's kind of falling apart. But um, I theoretically play on two different teams, even though I, I kind of <laughs> took a little hiatus just to try and write the ship a little bit with my bones and muscles but um i played my entire life um i actually went to college to play and ended up not joining the team because the movie life started Mm -hmm. um but as far as choosing a a club like a european club yeah like it took me forever i watched forever and just kind of enjoyed it and never felt like i needed to like choose an allegiance to anything Mm -hmm. i just enjoyed watching english football and um eventually my wife was in london on a work trip okay like 10 years ago and she was like what team do you support i know you've been watching and stuff (laughs) but like who do you support and i'm just kind of like if i had a gun to my head i'd say liverpool yeah and so she was doing it because she was in a store and she bought me some Liverpool stuff oh, and, sweet. and brought it home. And that was kind of like the that was really it. And the reason I the reason I had that answer is because uh, at the time, their captain, who was a homegrown guy, mm-hmm. been with the club since he was six years old. Uh, one club guy never played, never left for the money, never left for the glory elsewhere, mm-hmm. always stayed with Liverpool. Um and he's just a hard-nosed center midfielder who can who like hitting like 30-yard screamers into the top corner and mm-hmm. he was just my kind of guy. So I always just gravitated towards him. He was my favorite player and Okay. And uh yeah, that's how I chose Liverpool. Okay. So you're married, any kids? No kids. No, no kids. Not yet. How um, do you guys how do you guys uh being married, I mean, handle the touring? You tour a lot. It's really easy. Is it? Um, it, it well, it's painful. Yeah, but I just but mean we don't make it any harder on ourselves than it already okay. is for anybody. Yeah. Um, sh- a lot of my relationships would kind of crash and burn like throughout the years, mm-hmm. throughout the last two decades. Like there would always be problems stemming from that. Yeah. Um, stemming from me being away, or you know, that was just a catalyst for arguments and things. Yeah. Um. But she, okay, so I met her, um, she went to NYU about 17 years ago. Okay. And she was a friend of mine's roommate. Okay. And I met her, and and I was single, mm-hmm. and she walked in the room, and I immediately was like, I need to speak to her. And I did. I talked to her all night and we really <laughs> had a really good rapport mm-hmm. and it was just really easy yeah. and delightful. And so um, at the end of the conversation, she's mm-hmm. like, 
Um, I can tell that we get along really well. And it wasn't like, you know, we weren't hitting on each other or anything. We were just yeah. getting getting along. Sure. And uh, she's like, I can tell that we get along really well. And this has been a really good conversation. But I have a boyfriend. And I'm just saying that because I could tell that we're vibing right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on a human level. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And that was the best. That, I mean, shit. This wouldn't have worked out if it was back then. Mm-hmm. I was 23 years old. She was 19 in college. And, like, I just didn't know how to be, like, a good partner or anything yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so she dropped out of NYU mm-hmm. to be a full-time fashion model. And she, um, she lived in China and lived in Greece and lived in Italy and Paris mm-hmm. and Australia and Japan. And that is the reason it works with the distance because <laughs> she, one, we have a great rapport. We're not trying to fight. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to get one over on each other. We're not, it's not a competition of who's right, you know, like yeah. that's helpful. Um, but the other thing is like, it's never, why didn't you call me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I didn't call you cause I was busy. Yeah. I just played a show <laughs> and then I sold the merch and then I drove to the hotel and then I cracked a beer and relaxed for five minutes before I fell asleep. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it was never, our relationship was going on while you know, we started dating when she was living in Paris. Mm-hmm. So I flew to Paris to like seal the deal. Yeah. I flew to Paris to be like, you know, I like you a lot and I'm not trying to talk to other people. Sure. Are sure. you down with that kind of thing? Yeah. It worked. Um, so yeah, that, that's the helpful part. Cause she knows she's not, she's, she's, she's totally, we're, we have a lot in common in that respect. Okay. We spent a lot of time away from home. Yeah. Yeah. Both both world travel. Has she, has she been to more countries than you have? Um, you guys. Keep I don't track? know. I think I probably have been to more countries just because a tour will yeah. a, a European tour will take you on a lot. She'll of She'll go somewhere and live somewhere for a while, or she'll go like on location somewhere and then fly home instead of I'm going to hit all these. You know. Yeah, like she'd a, be like posted up in one town for a while. Yeah, working for like a, a few months. You know. Yeah. But I, I think I have her beat just because of a few European tours that took me to a lot of places. Yeah, man, that is so awesome. I think the long distance stuff has a, it can work. It, like, it can work if it starts that way, like you're saying. Whereas if you met each other, you know, got together, got married, and then, man, the band just got picked up. I'm gonna start touring. Yeah. Then it's just a crash and burn. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, we both knew what we were getting into. Yeah, um, it was great. It was like the first, I don't know, it felt it felt so right and mature and fully realized because we were both fully realized humans. Sure. I had just gotten out of a divorce. Really? And yeah, I, I was married once before oh, to, I, I was 27 uh-huh. and I uh, was dating a lovely lady from... Um, Lester in mm-hmm. in the UK mm-hmm. and uh, she we were dating for like three years and she got deported and so when she came back we made sure that 
that mm. didn't happen again. Yeah. Um, so we got married maybe a little too, a little earlier than we would have. Yeah. Um, and so it didn't really work. Okay. But I had learned so much from that, that sure. when, it, when Laura came back into my life, I mean, she was always in my life. She was a friend, mm-hmm. you know, we kept in touch. We rolled in similar circles in the city, but, yeah. um, I told her that like in the beginning, I was like, you, you're getting like the real me, mm-hmm. like you're getting the most experienced, knowledgeable. I learned how to communicate. I learned how to, you know, like I'm ready for this, sure. you know? So yeah. And, and, and that's, it's been 10 years now. So man, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Was, Feels good to talk about it actually. Awesome. See, this is what I like. <laughs> this is the stuff, like this is the stuff when people see Vinnie Caruana's on a podcast, mm. they're going to go, they're going to put it on and they're going to start listening to it and they're either going to like it or they're not going to like it. They're going to say, well, how is tour? How's the tour going? Tell me about this. Where movie are you life playing story, next? You know, yeah. Where are you playing next? So, uh, where yeah. do you write your songs? On your bed? On the uh, on the street? Like, yeah. where, these are the things that I can't handle uh-huh. because, from my own experience, when someone puts a mic in my face and asks me that same question over and over again, I was like, Do you really have to do this? You know, like, yeah. they want to hear about your life. They want to hear stories. They want to hear. You know, that's why people, I think really enjoy podcasts and that's what i try to bring out and that's what people will email and say hey this just sounded really natural it's like well it right. was like we're you know it's exactly what we ju- we were just talking about it yeah <laughs> yeah know, exactly like, but yeah. so with are do you guys plan on having kids probably I'm not, not sure the the place that we're she's a, she's younger than i am so i'm okay. 40 and she's 35 so but she's still in that spot where yeah. she she should need to decide be thinking about it <laughs> but um my lifestyle and where I've kind of the direction I've gone mm-hmm. gives me doubts. I haven't set up a whole lot of security for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of on this troubadour kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that, that that's like, so that's not why we're having kids. Yeah. Cause that we're, it's, that's not been decided, but, I told her it's whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I signed up to be together forever. Um, and whatever happens between now and then is what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'll, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. But she, she, she's not sure if she wants to be pregnant mm-hmm. and have kids. It's, it's her choice. Yeah. I've never dreamt my entire life like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to have kids. This is what I was put here to do. Sure. Um, but if we do have kids, then I'm sure I'll feel that way, mm-hmm. you know. But the door is open. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm in no way discouraging it, but yeah. she knows where I stand. I said, I'm with you. Whatever we're doing, we're doing. Mm-hmm. You let me know, you know. That's a cool thing, man, to hear. I mean, there's not a lot of people that would say that kind of thing or, or actually mean it, you know? Yeah. To, to love someone enough to put something like that, you know, where they kind of hold the cards as far as where they want to do that or not. You know, like where, you know, if that's what you want, we will do that. And that that's going to affect your life so much. That's a huge sentiment right there, you know? Because, like, your yeah. life is where we're at right now. This is what you've been doing forever. Yeah. 
probably what brings you the most to some of the most joy in your life. You know, something you have to do, feel like you have to do, know you have to do. But to be able to say, you know, I love you so much that if you decide you want to do this, maybe it means not touring as much or at all. Yeah. You would do that. That's huge. Yeah. Especially in today's climate. That's yeah. massive. I don't think... Um, I'll always have to write and record music mm-hmm. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. a healthy person. Um, and I'm sure I could find time to play shows, too, even if that happened. But um, Sure. Um, yeah. I, I mean, either way, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to find some more security as... As time goes on, I need to, I need to figure out other ways. I'm, you know, I've never been a rock star. I've mm-hmm. never made like my fortune. You know, yeah. I, I make money enough to live, and we, we have a happy life. But like, you know, it's teamwork. It's two of us chucking money in an account mm-hmm. and making our making living in one of the most expensive yeah. neighborhoods in New York. Jesus Christ! Because we're uh, we're tied to New York. Yeah. You know, my all my family, my friends, um, her career, and like everything's keeping us there. Mm-hmm. So you know, and we're the, we're not buying anything yeah. <laughs> to buy. Yeah. A one bedroom apartment in my neighborhood would cost a million dollars. That's fucking insane. Yeah, it's stupid. That's insane. We love our neighborhood. You could get one of these houses right here for like eight hundred grand, maybe close to a million dollars. Yeah. With a little yard. But yeah. then you gotta live here. It is lovely here. It's crazy though. This <laughs> I, is I like the here. fancy part of town, like the, the artsy area. You we know? kinda live in that area. Yeah. And so we love it and there's a lot to do. And Are you close to the park? We live in northernmost neighborhood in Brooklyn called Greenpoint. Okay. Uh it's just north of Williamsburg. Okay. And so it's as far north as you can get in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it's also as far west as you can get in Brooklyn so it's overlooking the river mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry it's overlooking the New York City skyline mm-hmm. um, so our neighborhood has like parks with the best views ever yeah parks with like the views that people pay thousands of dollars to come and witness <laughs> um, and lots of really good bars and restaurants and we're into bars and restaurants. We like those things. Um, and the soccer field that we play at is down the street. And um, there's like four really sick music venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Vitus, uh, like now world famous metal and punk bar. Oh, uh, yeah. Bar and venue. Uh, yeah. Music Hall of Williamsburg, uh, Rough Trade. Um, this other place, Brooklyn Bazaar, that's I just heard is now closing. But oh, I've a lot of the bands lot. were coming to see us, yeah. <laughs> so that was really nice, and yeah. a lot and and friends could come, and we have a small spot. Um, mm-hmm. But like, as long as it was like, if it was a friend and like their tour manager, if it was a band that can't stay, <laughs> that he can't fit you, but we could sleep two more people. Yeah, yeah. God. So let me ask you this because. A few things came to mind here. Being 40, not having like the pension retirement building, mm-hmm. you know, you're just grinding and, and hustling, right? Yeah. I mean, so that kind of ties into one other thing. So also living in New York City. So uh, there's a band called Isis. Uh, Aaron Turner and I were talking about this. Yeah. He moved from L.A. to Vashon Island in, in Washington. Like, okay. Like take a ferry there to get there, right? To yeah. middle of nowhere. 
he was talking about how a lot of people in big cities with busy lives and stuff like that tend to be maybe running from something, maybe something inside, maybe something outside, uh, you know, a part of their personality, a, a, a trauma or anything like that where being around the constant stimuli helps silence that. Uh, do, yeah. you, do you ever either feel that way that maybe you are uh, pushing something down or, or working against something and staying in New York like that, staying in uh, this lifestyle that's so busy? And, and right. I mean, you have a lot of downtime driving, but, you know, it's go, go, go. Do you feel that way? Do you? I mean, yeah, um, it's kind of a big, broad deal. No, I, well, I'm not. I'm used to the New York, mm-hmm. the speed of things in New York. Not that I always appreciate it. Like I, I, I like getting away from it, and and I've always gotten away from it. I've been traveling for twenty years yeah. now. Um, if we moved. My mother would be bummed. She'd be bummed. And she's, I just know that. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are in their 70s. Um, they're doing great. Like, mm-hmm. they're both retired, but they're, they're, they're doing what I'm doing right now, which is I'm making more music than I've ever made. I have more irons in the fire, more mm-hmm. projects, more things that are fulfilling me you know musically um i'm doing all that right now because there's that sense of urgency that's coming with me getting older Mm -hmm. they're doing the same thing they've they they're on vacation like every few months going and seeing places they've never seen and doing things they they've never done Mm -hmm. um before it's too late and i love that i love that Mm -hmm. they're doing that um it's not just them though. It's like, you know, nieces and nephews, my best buds. Mm-hmm. Um, but could I leave New York? Yeah. Yeah. I could. I could. Uh it would always it'll, it it it'll always be there. I'm going to leave New York. Mm-hmm. I think so. Eventually. Um I think a lot of that will have to do with her career and where things go. She's in a transitional period right now with her career where things are coming to an end naturally with where she, what she's been doing and who she's been working for and mm-hmm. for a while. And where things go and what she moves into, which is all happening as we speak, mm-hmm. could could dictate like if we leave. That's the thing, like like I said, she's really smart and really like I would hire her <laughs> like anybody <laughs> like so like she's there's no need to leave New York if you're getting rich in New York mm, yeah <laughs> you sure. know what I mean like <laughs> sure <laughs> um will are we rich no but will she succeed in what she's doing yeah mm-hmm. definitely so um if she was like hey we'll, we're we're what do you think about this? Because I have this opportunity over here. I, mm-hmm. I would, regardless of where it was, I would say, let's try it. Yeah. I've never That's lived that. I've never lived outside of New York. I've stayed in San Francisco for months at a time. I didn't move mm-hmm. any of my stuff there or anything. But yeah, um, <clears throat> I can handle the quiet. I think I would do well. And there's always noise to get involved in. Like, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Like, I was in Cannon Beach today. Mm-hmm. Something about Cannon Beach. Uh, there's like a spiritual connection I have with that place. Really? The Oregon coast in general. Yeah, I've gone to Cannon Beach four times in the last two years, which is like more than I can say for anywhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Why is that, you think? Or have you have you had any epiphanies come to you as you're as you're sitting there just just taking it in? I mean, what what do you think is drawing you to that so much? I don't know. It's a weird. I've heard about people like worshiping like mountains and stuff. I I read about Mount Shasta and how there's like there's been like cults that like dedicate their whole life to like worshiping this mountain and stuff. And that's weird. That's not me, but um, there's something about the Oregon coast that feels really natural to me. Like it, Mm -hmm. like we're 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 buddies. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. There's just. And, and and I understand. I mean, I know that that's a vacation destination, too. Mm-hmm. Not right now it isn't, which no, is, oh, I, I enjoyed it so much. Uh-huh. Last night and today. I mean, that's, I drove, I sat in this seat and drove 12 hours uh, yesterday uh-huh. from San Francisco. Yeah, off day, for sure. <laughs> uh, instead of, instead of stopping in Reading, mm-hmm. playing blackjack and eating a buffet Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is also great i love those things too yeah um instead of doing that and then leisurely making our way up here that's how much it means like my soul needs needs the oregon coast so um we yeah so i just drove straight from san francisco straight to cannon beach Uh we got all the bars there closed like pretty early this time of year one place stayed open for like an hour Mm mm-hmm we just drove there. I had the best fucking drink of my life. Really? I'm talking about like I just I just needed a drink yeah. after that drive. Yeah. And I had been thinking about it for like the last four hours of the drive. Yeah. What was this drink? I just had a um delicious local IPA, um, Boneyard, you know that uh-huh. brewery? I know Boneyard. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So good. Yeah. It's just whatever they're like staple ipa what i forget the name of it yeah the it's the oregon water the the beer here is insane i don't drink but people talk about i mean they say it's the water it's the water that does it but i I believe it um well we had a we had a we ordered shot of a shot of jameson Mm -hmm. and a boneyard ipa and they don't pour small shots in oregon yeah there's no small shot glasses. There's rocks glasses that they pour mm-hmm. liquor into, and mm-hmm. they pour way too much into it. <laughs> so I actually enjoyed a boneyard when I arrived in Portland today because okay. I needed it yeah. to not feel terrible. Ter- because we, the shots that we were poured were like easily double shots. Yeah. And uh, we got fucking hammered. <laughs> um uh in a in a great way like i uh, i never let it like i don't black out on alcohol mm-hmm. and shit like i have when i was younger and stuff but this was a great night we i know i'm getting off track here no this is exact this is there's no track um that's the beauty of it this place uh, driftwood mm-hmm. they stayed open for an hour 
we had two shots and two beers. The beers were seven and a half percent. The shots were doubles. So we had, if you want to say alcohol wise, seven or eight drinks in an hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then (laughs) we went to the hotel room, rolled a joint. We had beers in the fridge as well for later. We filled my backpack up with beers and weed. And then we walked down to the beach. The place that we were staying has beach chairs for you to use whenever mm-hmm. you want. So we dragged chairs down. We sat direct, right where the water was. We sat directly staring at Haystack Rock uh-huh. with the moon right behind it with no wind. We were listening to... What were we listening to last night? I think we were listening to The Dead. Okay. And um, we had the most, like, it was so perfect. It was, like, mm-hmm. the best. Amazing night. We earned it. We we drove the whole way. Yep. Um, and I just fell in love with it even more because the last time I was at Canon, it was an amazing experience. My wife was with me. Okay. Um we had such a nice time, but there were a lot of people around, mm-hmm. and there was no one in Canon last night. Wow. Yeah. Nobody. Sounds like a transcendent experience. No one on the street. Yeah. No one in the bar. It's a ghost town. All the bars were closed. There was one bar open, and there was, like, two guys that were, like, getting off of their shift mm-hmm. and having, like, a shift drink. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we just took in the beauty today, like, just took a walk and I don't know I could live in I, I want to live in Cannon Beach there you are gotta get the guy <laughs> the wife's gotta get us rich so that yeah. we could buy a place in Cannon and keep an apartment in New York good lord that sounds like the time you break out a guitar and start writing some music oh my god yeah I was telling Mike um, Mike Ireland who's mm-hmm. on, we're on tour together we play in I'm the Avalanche together and we've been working on Avalanche stuff and we're just like we have plans to record mm-hmm. like after the new year and I'm like dude maybe I need to come out here before we record you're going to record east, on east coast we're going to yeah okay. new jersey I was going to say you should record at Cannon Beach I know we just have like there's too much gear over there that we need yeah yeah Shit. um but I was thinking maybe it would be cool to come to Cannon by myself and just write yeah lyrics for like a bunch of, we have a lot of music written but I don't have that many lyrics right how now. inspiring would that be you could just sit on the beach and write in the winter in too. your favorite place yeah um, that's the thing though I don't want to write a depressing record <laughs> um, I want to write I, I want to write like a summertime record that makes you feel good yeah I mean there's gonna be plenty of like that sprinkled in there mm-hmm. I can't just write a positive record that wouldn't be me um why is that? I don't know. It just comes out well, that way. There's there's nothing that brings that out in you? like, Or is that something you've always been that way? I think it's just the music that I grew up on. It was yeah. never like, it was ne- It was always like, oh, let me get this off my chest kind of music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that's just ingrained in me. Not that I haven't written some happier tunes, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're not all happy. Yeah. There's like 
three mm-hmm. <laughs> out of like a hundred what if you, songs. What if you just sat down and just did, just wrote like completely positive, just like challenge yourself to, to do that. To like, write to happy it, songs? Just to write a, per, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of people, like you can kind of go through their career and their catalog and say, this is how they were feeling then. And then like, whoa, what is this? You know, like just this thing that just completely did and just see what happens. Yeah. No, I'm, or write it all, but just record the yeah. stuff that comes. You know what I mean? So you still get the other out and yeah. just see what happens. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, mean, and then fuck it. Put I'm not going to records. Yeah, I'm not going to try to Complete. do anything. If I try to yeah. write a happy record, yeah, that won't work. Anytime I try to do something, it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if there's just too much intent, mm-hmm. it's just yeah, it's got to be whatever comes out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so. But there's also there's there you can set limitations on yourself and stuff too and paint yourself into a corner and and you know to see what happens experiment mm-hmm. with um, you know instead of being completely free experiment with just different things but so from what you're describing to me of your Cannon Beach experience I would peg you as a somewhat of a spiritual guy as far as not I wouldn't peg you as maybe a religious guy no not at all perfect. Because that's my other thing I'm curious about with people like you that that uh, and I don't mean that sound of people like you, um, guys like you that that create and create and create and and are going going going. Some people have uh, a motive behind it that's, you know, I want to I want to amass enough of a, a catalog, and they believe that they'll be able to look down and see that they're remembered. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, because they're going to go to heaven and they'll be able to see the impact they had on the world and create and people that don't that it's over when it's over it's over which i believe as well which drives my my mom crazy um that who cares what happens when you're gone that catalog's still going to be here what motivates you so much to i mean you specifically because i've talked to several people that you know they've been in you know 20 bands and they constantly i'm working on this western record and then i'm gonna do this and it's just but they believe in nothing after after life but they just feel they have to do it like they have to get it out like is that the same for you or is it is it uh do you have other motivations to do it i I don't i guess part of me is definitely trying to just leave a good you know not everything that I've done musically is something that I look back on and say, wow, that was genius. Mm-hmm. Even the stuff that people have related to the most isn't the stuff that I think is the most, you know, substantial. Yeah. You put it um, out there and they take what they can from it or what they will from it. But. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I also, I don't really, no, I'm not religious, but that doesn't mean that I think the lights go out and it's over okay because and i'm not saying that i think otherwise i'm just saying that that's not something that i don't speak to my dead friend every day Mm -hmm. like i don't what i mean is i do speak to her every day so Why do I do that if I believe that the lights just go out, you know? I got you. Okay. I kind of believe that her... I ask her to watch over me, you know? Okay. 
does that help? Does that help? Uh, was this a recent thing? Uh, maybe like three years ago. Damn. And do you feel, I mean, we don't even have to talk about it, but no, it's interesting because, you know, I just lost my father and yeah. I, I don't believe in the afterlife. I, I went one extreme to the other. Like either you believe you're going to look down and see, here's my catalog or no. Right, right. I still believe in energy and, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's something that's, that's that, I think that's, that's what real. I'm getting at. Yeah. But I'll, I'll talk to him still, but it's for me, you know, uh, for me, I don't think it's helping. I don't believe that it's helping him wherever he's at, if he is. You know what I mean? It's more for me to work through what I'm working through. Um, I know a lot of people do. You know, they do like they'll they'll write the letters and send them in the the paper bags with the oh, candles yeah. and things like that, which are beautiful sentiments. Right. But for you, like, I mean, every day I have to watch over you. How long did you know this person? Whole life? Um. No, not my whole life. We, um, you know, maybe like the better part of a decade, but, um, when we moved to Greenpoint like five years ago, Uh we, um, she lived on our, we moved onto her street. So we Mm -hmm. started hanging out, um, every day. Okay. So th- I think that is when it gets really fucking hard when it's obviously someone who's too young, you know, to mm-hmm. go. And mm-hmm. when you hang out with someone every day or four or five days a week, yeah, um, that kind of ramps things up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> if you're friends with someone and you see them, you know, three, four times a year. Mm-hmm. But you have, you've been friends since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. There's that bond that's lifelong. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, the other thing, which is with, her name is Sue. The other thing with Sue is like, we were friends and we always got along really well. And we we hung out regularly with our crew. But once we moved onto her street that bond got slammed jammed into like two years Mm -hmm. of hanging out like yeah everything we did we would Mm -hmm. include her in or anything that she did she would let us know she was doing to see if we wanted to join you know yeah so that's intense I'm sorry about that, brother. I, I really am. Thanks. That's awful. Well, I'm sorry about your dad, I, man. That's, thank you. I. Uh, it's just. It's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing no to go through, you know. And uh, yeah, seeing someone like that—it's so weird. You can see someone. It's like your your best friend in the world, or whatever. Maybe they live on another coast, and you see him, like you said, three times a year, and it's like no time has passed. Yeah. It's so crazy how someone becomes a part of your life every day it's almost like a spouse like i mean something you see it's part of your routine it's part of your your normalcy yeah i mean that seems like something you should take with you to uh take with you to cannon beach you can close it (laughs) you can close it (laughs) uh that seems like something you should take with you to cannon beach and explore that a bit riding you know like uh if you come out on a trip where you're riding on your own um you know to to connect in that yeah. way yeah i mean but 
I mean, to have that profound of a effect on your life, that's something pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. It's just, you know. It's, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just more disturbing when it's, you know, I've lost loved ones and I've lost, you know, mm-hmm. I'm down to one grandparent and uh, other friends have passed away. and Yeah. But uh, it's just fucking disturbing when it's out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When it's out of nowhere and you and and she's in her thirties and yeah, yeah. It's young and it's uh, well. Yeah, I and I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I I really do. But it's, yeah, I I I understand somewhat where you're coming I mean not your specific situation but losing people in such a sudden way I mean it's it's a profound experience I mean it's it's just there's no words there's no words yeah but it just you just hope it dulls yeah (laughs) you don't want the memory to dull but no you want the pain to dull I mean you want that that uh that that loss that loss is so profound it just it's like a whole I mean, it's something that, yeah, I, it, it, one thing I kind of attribute to having kids with it is, is if you knew how much you would love a child before it happened, I don't think anyone would have kids because that terror and the joy, oh my God, but the yeah. fear of losing something you love that much. Oh my God! I know. I That's, really think you, that would be birth control right there. Like I can't handle this. I am not going to have a child. Yeah. But then it's too late. I think about that. I think about that a lot. Yeah. It's not just me and my position in in the world and my career and things mm-hmm. and like security stuff and all that stuff. Sure. I'm fucking petrified that something would happen. Yeah. Then you become the helicopter parents. <laughs> Never let them learn anything because they're always. I know. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that either. But <laughs> I don't want. Like, God forbid something happened to her, and, and when she's giving birth, or God forbid something happened to the kid. Yeah. See, these are like the. This is the real life shit that I know. I'm. I appreciate you sharing this with me because a lot of. A lot of people. One thing I learned from touring is you never really have to grow up. It's kind of this perpetual uh, adolescent period. Yeah, I've been toiling with that. I have it's, not grown up as much as I should have but by it's now. It's this real life shit that does show you that life still happens. Oh, when yeah. You're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not on freeze like it feels like. I remember getting home from tour and friends are graduating college, having kids, buying houses, and I'm, you know, it's weird how people see. So, like, I've seen your face. I can't tell you how many times in in a magazine, on a, a blog, or a, uh, on the web. You know what I mean? Where that's the weird thing with with this whole career is you'd be walking down the street, I'd be walking the street, we'd pass each other, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's Vinny," mm-hmm. like I knew you, you know, right. because I've seen your face so much in magazines, everything else. People don't realize the kids in line out here at the show don't realize how hard it is and they don't realize you don't have all the money in the world and you're not you know you may sleep in the van one of these nights you may you know sleep on someone's floor they don't realize that and it's really a weird thing that people that have not been on the road don't understand yeah i was um yeah every time we i mean we we try to stay in hotels now just because it helps with the just peace just it it helps with 
comfort levels of mm-hmm. like um all right let me get in here it's nice and quiet i'm not like i love we we're staying with friends tonight awesome um and it's helpful every time we do that but yeah. sometimes you just want to like turn off and mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i was bar i i i bartended for a while um the reason i stopped bartending is because creatively i was suffering i wasn't really getting much done because in new york last calls four and after you've oh shit after you've cleaned the bar and counted yeah. money and maybe you're asleep by 6 a.m mm-hmm. wake up you know get seven eight hours of sleep yeah if it's winter you don't see the daylight mm-hmm. um most likely you have to bartend the next night um i wasn't getting anything done yeah but i remember bartending in the city and like someone someone who was a fan of my music being shocked that i was behind <laughs> the bar being shocked that i was behind the bar and they yeah. were like is this your place yeah. I'm like, no, I don't own the fucking bar. I'm bartending. Dude. What do you think this is? Perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Like, maybe people get, um, maybe, I don't know. I think people just looking at the size of a club and artist plays, you should be able to know if they're mm-hmm. fucking rolling in it or not. Sure. If they're in a van and trailer. <laughs> they're either really fucking they're, smart. They're, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or, I, I've, yeah, that's true. Even, yeah. even in like, even in, in the days of like, well, a lot of people are coming to see us play. Mm-hmm. We always stayed in a van. Never it's did the like, bus. We took, we took a bus once. Warp tour probably. Um, that's, you actually, to. no, we took a bus once that, that face to face Midtown okay. tour. Uh huh. Because we got a really good deal on a bus and we split it. We had okay. like 12 of us. Well, we had more than 12 of us in the bus. Jesus we had people, Christ. two people sleeping in the back lounge, every bunk full. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was a bus tour. Yeah. Like it was routed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one, we, t- we did a bus on the, we did an, uh, an arena tour, the movie life supporting uh, MXPX, Good Charlotte and Newfound Glory. Good Lord. Yeah, we actually play here. We play at, at the, some arena here. It was the Rose Garden then, probably. It's the Moda Center now. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and we did that because it was the same deal. It was, like, super far, and yeah, they I guess we definitely. must have been getting paid a lot of money or something, because it was, like, a, it was a big tour. There was a lot of money going yeah. around. It was, like, a Honda Civic tour, it was what it was there called. There you go. Yeah, So it was, like, crazy tour. sponsor shit, yeah. Yeah, the Thrice Boys did one of those with dashboard confessional mm-hmm. at the expo center a giant hangar that sounded awful with the acoustics but yeah, yeah that's that's wild do you, do you know jeff rickley you probably yeah know jeff he's rickley. a dear friend yeah oh great so i had him on the show and he did the same thing he worked at a kitchen store mm-hmm. and people would ask him is this your store yeah no i just work here what? No, I'm fucking hustling yeah <laughs> i'm doing this so I i'm home so i'm doing more stuff yeah there's no we don't get home and kick kick our feet up like we got to get home and keep grinding. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm gathering here is what needs to happen is you and your wife, she decides to have a kid. Mm. You guys move to Cannon Beach. Oh you God. open a bar. You but work the bar. It has live music, so you have a place to play, a place for buddies to play, mm-hmm. a creative space where you already know what the bartending scene, and you stay open an hour or so later and make a little money. I like it. I mean, I don't know how many touring musicians are going to come to Cannon Beach, so. Dude, 
to Vinny's? <laughs> Vinny's, <laughs> Vinny's Pub? Pub and yeah, Grub? I love that. Dude, that's your plan. That's your plan. That's I, what's going to happen. I do miss bartending. Yeah. Gonna, and you I can might do have to it. start doing that again. What, what time did you say the bar closed last night? Oh yeah, in Canon, you can you can live a, a normal life. Yeah, you could be home by eleven oh, God, and still yeah. stay open an hour later. Oh, they closed at midnight. Midnight? Shit! <laughs> and that was late, I think, because everyone else was closed. Yeah, I think it's two thirty or two twenty-five in Oregon for last call. I think one day we'll bit. we'll live in Cannon Beach. I think that she'd be happy with that too. Yeah. I brought her there for the first time this summer, and I was so happy to see her vibing mm-hmm. with it. You know, she it wasn't just my happy place. It was also, it's become her, it became hers within minutes. Yeah. Um, we were on vacation and we were doing vacation stuff with not a sure. worry in the world. And sure. I understand that Cannon Beach isn't all, you know, <laughs> it's a good way to experience it, experience a new place for sure. The vacation yeah. mode. Yeah. But whoa. Yeah. But yeah, oh, shit. To make money in Cannon Beach, that would be ideal. Yeah. That would be cool. Oh, man. I want to go back. I felt, I told Mike, I was driving out of there today, and I think it was partly because we were hungover, but I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I just felt my serotonin levels drop, dude. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just, driving away from Cannon just now just mm-hmm. made me like ill. <laughs> it made me feel sad. Yeah. Not that I didn't want to come to Portland and sing songs. Sure. Um, I just something about being there. I've covered how how in love I am with that place, but yeah, that's definitely interesting. That's definitely interesting, and that's I mean, that's a special thing. That's a special thing. That's what makes I mean all this. You got to have a happy place. You got to have, and it's just awesome that it's Cannon Beach, Oregon. I know from all the touring you've done, all the places you've been, all the crazy things you've seen. Cannon Beach, Oregon. You, you, and I, and I always wanted to visit the Oregon coast. I've seen mm-hmm. it in movies. It's beautiful. Um, and we had discussed the Oregon coast, she and I, mm-hmm. being like, we should visit there together. She had never been to the Northwest at all. Yeah. And um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I don't know the point I was trying to make. Oh, the the way the 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 way that I ended up going to Canon for the first mm-hmm. time is actually very interesting. Okay, um, we were on tour, movie life, and our guitar player Brandon Riley, his wife is best friend. Her her best friend uh-huh. is a girl that like was our ba- was around back in the day in the city, like hanging out in the Lower East Side when we were all in our partying years and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, she married uh, one of the guys in Pearl Jam. Oh, okay. And so um, Brandon was like, hey, you know, we've been staying in hotels every night. We were on, remember what tour we were on? Maybe the, I think it was the co-headliner with the early November. Okay. And um, Brandon was like, hey, you know, do you want to stay at their house? They invited us to stay over. So we went and stayed at their house in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's so lovely. She was like, well, where are you going now? Like, well, we have Portland today. Well, what are you doing after Portland? Like, well, we have an off day. Like, oh, well, we have this house in this place called Cannon Beach. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Um, if you guys want to go mm-hmm. and check out the show, have you ever seen the, the Oregon coast? And I'm like, no, but I've always wanted to see it. 
well, this is your chance. Here's the, you know. So we went and got to Cannon. I didn't know anything about what Cannon Beach was. Yeah. And we went, and it was pitch dark, and it was cloudy. Mm-hmm. We couldn't see anything. And we woke up in the morning, and we saw where we were. And like, whoa, we were like, holy shit, everyone get showered. Let's go, let's, let's go, let's go enjoy this Explore, place. Explore, yeah. So, yeah, I ended up, yeah, the first time was Cannon Beach, staying at one of the members of Pearl Jam's um, summer home. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Dude. Never got to meet him, though. He was on tour. Yeah. Well, maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe in Cannon Beach. Maybe. Back at yeah. the house. Yeah. So one other cool thing I was thinking of is so talking about your 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 how you write and make music and everything else and how you know there's good and bad and and up and down. The Oregon coast is a good example of that because the weather is not always great. Yeah. There's a lot of rocks. Yeah. There's a lot of beauty, but yeah. it's like a a beauty you kind of have to earn it. Mm-hmm. A little bit. It's not just given to you like California. Yes. Um, it's not you paradise. You have to earn your spot. Yeah. It's not, and it's it's kind of a cool metaphor for for what you're yeah. doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You've earned your spot. Maybe that's why you appreciate it so much. Mm. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like meeting yourself yeah. for the first time. You know, like, oh, I like you. Yeah. You know, you've been bashed a little into rough the rocks around a little the bit. edges. You've been all. You know, people people come to see you people come to see you you know it's the whole the whole thing ties together interesting that's beautiful man yeah that whole thing ties together that's That's crazy that's where you belong oh god (laughs) life's too short not to try right yeah figure it out yeah i just got to get her there again and be like i mean i know we'll be there again it's definitely our spot now Mm -hmm. instead of my spot um i just got to get her there again and just be like yeah one day we're going to be dead. Yeah. Why don't we live in Cannon Beach before that happens? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's how you know she's the one for you because yeah. she genuinely felt something so, there too. God, I was so happy that she she dug it. Man. Not that there's not, you know, what's not to like, but she dug it on, on a deeper level than, oh, that was nice to visit for a day, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's why you guys belong together. Yeah. Well, man, what this has been awesome. I've really yeah, enjoyed this. I really this appreciate, is really yeah. cool. I, this, <laughs> I've, I've had a great. We chat. talked about the most random shit, <laughs> I know. but I feel inspired. Yeah, like I do too. Kind of. It's cool. I want to. I want to fucking turn this van around and head back to Canada yeah. Beach and <laughs> figure out how to make it go yeah. of this thing. No. Next time I'm there, I'm going to be thinking, man, Vinny would love it here, man. <laughs> Next time I'm playing with the kids on the beach there by Haystack Rock, and oh, uh, we, yeah, we go there every once in a while. Um, we usually go to. Uh, uh, Rockaway. Okay. That's where we go. Oh. Uh, kids love this corn dog place. They can ride on this giant corn dog, and like, it's a little less touristy. Yeah. But there's so much beauty around here, man. It's insane. But yeah. So real quick before we wrap up here, I want to let you get back to your evening. But um, you know what's what's next coming up? I mean, you just released uh, Aging Frontman. Yeah. Which was fantastic. I, I, I blasted it at work today. Oh, um, thank you. We, I work construction, so I've got like a big Bluetooth speaker. We're building a hotel in Vancouver, Washington. I just oh, cool. cranked it. I was like, I'm going to sit with this for a little while today because I really wanted to. I've, I heard it already once, but I wanted to like hear it, and guys were commenting on it. We're like, who is this? I was like, oh, this oh, is Vinny cool. from the movie Life. Like, who? I was like, I'm talking to him tonight. Just right, listen right. to it. Just listen to it. Yeah. You know, and we're, you know, plumbing this hotel. And, and uh, but what's next? Well, do you do you tour in the winter? Tour in the winter is dangerous. I'm going to the UK. Okay, where it rarely snows enough for it to be a problem. Snows awful. 
with yeah. touring. Yeah, and uh, we I've I've been in it, you know, like um movie life had a a, a wreck in the snow and it's really yeah. Wyoming? Uh we were in North Dakota. Oh. Um driving overnight in North Dakota yeah. in February. In the winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we had learned that that was a bad idea, yeah. it was. We learned a, a, I learned a lot from that, and yeah. it stayed with me. Um, it's part of the reason I drove twelve hours yesterday as mm-hmm. well, because I needed to be the one behind the wheel. Yeah. When we were doing all those twists and turns yep. through the mountains, and I knew I had to concentrate for twelve hours, and that it's I was scary. I was cut out for it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, next is gonna be. Um, Avalanche. Okay. I am the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no like promises or anything, but it's just me and Mike. Uh, we're you know really good friends, and we hang out a lot, mm-hmm. and we're neighbors, and we have been writing together, and yeah. this shit is fucking good. So, awesome. Um, I think we're gonna keep on writing and eventually record it and see what happens there. But yeah, I'm gonna head to the UK after this tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to record a record this winter. Awesome. Yeah, but I'm gonna get home and do my grind and yeah, I do these handwritten lyric sheets um, that people seem to love. Um, that is cool. Um, and people pick their favorite songs and uh-huh. uh, and I write them out on like fancy paper with okay. a cool pen and. I, wrote, I grew up writing graffiti, so my handwriting has some character to it. So yeah. it, it all kind of looks nice. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to get home from this tour mm-hmm. and then be like, hey, everyone, it's time for Christmas presents and get them in because these take me a fucking long time to do. Yeah. Because if I mess them up, I have to start over again. Sure. Um, and that's the thing. That's one of the grinds. Like, get home, mm-hmm. fulfill everyone's wishes. Yeah. And then send everything out before I get to the UK because you got to leave like a month because people order them from all around the world mm-hmm. and around the, around the holiday time it takes a while for packages to get places. Yeah. So I'm going to get home, write on paper, literally uh like a 9 to 5 job. Yeah. Like every day until I leave for the UK. Man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So and real quick, do you do you do do you know Matt Pryor? Uh, not personally. Okay. I've met him a few times. We have a lot of mutual friends. Okay, perfect. Because uh, maybe they do this too, but they're, I forget the name of the website, but they'll, people will pay mm-hmm. to write, have you write a song for them. Yeah, or I, I do that done, as well. You do that? Yeah. I've awesome. Done okay. Yeah. So you've done co writes and stuff too. Do you work with other musicians and other bands? I, songwriting um, wise? Like, I've done the down, it's called Downright. Uh-huh. I've done that where you write songs for people about whatever they want or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. I also work in music publishing, so I, I work with other writers doing co-writes for like okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of people that are working that way with, with stuff, and so that's, that's always something. Yeah, we're see. all figuring out different ways to like, I think all of us just want to make sure that obviously the bills are paid, but mm-hmm. also that if we can make sure it all has to do with music yeah that's the that's the dream is to if you're going to be busy and doing other things and side things mm-hmm. and if you can make a living with just music which is not always easy yeah it's easier if you can if you if you're a rocker and you're a rock star and you're you know you got sure. money pouring in but for guys that um are in at least my position like you, you need to do a whole lot yeah and you know who the people are when they ask 
if I was to get in, you know, the van or the the giant bus or the private jet with whoever that rock star is and say, what were you listening to yesterday or what influenced you? It's guys in the van. Mm -hmm. That's the real shit. You know, a lot of times and some not to say it, everyone hasn't hasn't deserved what they made. But the guys that are grinding, the guys that are, those are the ones that inspire these other people that, you know, it, it's a special thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I, if I asked every person I used to ask, you know, their influences on the show and every person said Fugazi, except mm-hmm. the guys in Fugazi. Right. They're the only ones who didn't say Fugazi. <laughs> right. And I'm pretty sure I could get one of them to say it, but, right. but yeah, so, but yeah, Ian MacKay didn't say it and uh, Brendan Canty didn't say it, but everyone else says Fugazi. They never did the whole rock star thing ever. Never, but their yeah. impact is far beyond. You so. know, I was really I was thinking about Fugazi. I mean, I mean, shit. The world needs, the world needs help. Yeah, they need to come back. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I just think I get like Fugazi. You know, they never wanted it to be this capitalist kind mm-hmm. of thing. Man, if Fugazi got back together and played some shows, they can do a lot of good with that money if they didn't they want it. They made so much money. I, I know they have I'll, money. I'll have to, you'll have to listen to the Brennan Candy episode yeah. where he said how many records they actually Right, sold. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Insane. But if they played shows mm-hmm. and charged what they should what they deserve yeah, any dr- any any anymore. true fugazi fan would pay a hundred dollars <laughs> it'd be like the misfits for, but on steroids yeah five hundred dollars a ticket yeah um i mean i always just think about like i understand that their 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 kind of ideology with everything but like man even if you just played some shows like you could use that money you could you could do a lot of good with that money yeah and make a lot of people happy. Yeah, absolutely. So let's put that out. Let's all put yeah. that out in the world together I'll right email now. Ian let's just put that out say, into hey, the man, universe. You got to talk to Vinny. This is a, <laughs> you guys got to play Cannon Beach at Vinny's Grand Open. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> bring him in. Yeah, dude. Well, dude, Vinny, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. This has been awesome. Yeah, brother. it's my so pleasure. So much fun. Absolutely. But awesome. Pleasure. All right, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Vinny Caruana. Uh, sorry about the audio in the beginning there. My microphone, for some reason, sounded like I was on a telephone for about three minutes, and then all of a sudden it started working again. So not sure what happened there. It hasn't happened before. Uh, but as you could tell, after about two or three minutes, it got back to normal. Uh, but uh, the content's there, and you know, I'm working on this audio thing trying to make every episode better. Uh, I've had a lot of help from my buddy Chris over at that one time on tour podcast. Um, anytime I have a question on audio, if I'm not hitting up my cousin, uh, I'm hitting up Chris. Hey, why, you know, I got this new garage band, you know, software. Why can't I make my, my music stereo, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anytime day or night, he hits me back with some good advice and, and, uh, usually is able to fix the problem. So big shout out to Chris. Um, yeah, a good dude. Check out his podcast that one time on tour. Um, but guys, uh, Vinny Caruana, awesome dude. We still keep in touch. Um, you know, as with a lot of guests on this show, I've, I feel like I've made a lot of good friends through this show. Just having a conversation, it's amazing how close you can get to somebody, you know, with an hour of their time in long form conversation. And it really shows who the person is. Um, so, I mean, these 15, 20 minute interviews are cool, but. It, you really don't get to know about somebody or kind of what they're like 
in 20 minutes. It's kind of hard. So uh, that's why I love podcasting and love this format and this medium. And uh, you guys seem to like it as well. I keep getting a lot of emails on liking the format and how it's just kind of uh, fly by the seat of your pants conversation like you met on a train and you're just talking, you know, to pass the time. So hopefully it helps you guys pass the time at work, wherever you're, whatever you're doing, you know, mowing your lawn, basket weaving, whatever you're doing, listening to the show. I, I really appreciate having you guys back week after week. I know I say it all the time, um, but it keeps growing. The chart position gets better every week. And, uh, it's just one more, one more notch in the, in the journal, you know what I mean? Uh, for my family and, and, uh, for you. So I really appreciate you guys. You guys have been an amazing audience. And uh, yeah, we're going to get back to uh, more episodes every week. Back in the swing of things, I got a whole bunch backed up right now. So any new interviews I do usually don't come out for five or six weeks because I've got so many in the hopper. So we're going to start whittling through those and I've got a lot of great content in there for you guys. And and uh, so stay tuned, rate and subscribe. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. Uh, follow us on all the socials. Um, you know, leave us a, a five-star review on iTunes, write a review. Um, those are always appreciated and show that you guys are listening and, and paying attention. So, um, couldn't do it without you guys. And, uh, yeah, big shout out to Vinny and Mike. Um, Mike's got a band called, uh, Spirit Houses. And, uh, yeah, he was on tour with Vinny too. He was actually in the band. I didn't even notice, uh, in the, in one of the back seats sleeping. And, uh, so yeah, big shout out to him. He's got some awesome music too, and and uh, I know they're gonna they're gonna bring some more music to you with "I Am the Avalanche," I believe as well. Um, I'm not sure on that, but I'm. It sounds like that's probably gonna happen. So, um, guys, thank you so much for for coming back week after week. I'm gonna get out of here and back to uh, real life, and we'll see you next week. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza.
So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.